Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to that one time I was abducted by aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to that one time I was abducted by aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Space family, welcome back to another episode. How you doing today, Brie? What's up? What's up? I'm having so much fun. <laughs> you vibing? I'm vibing so hard. Vibing hard. I'm so hard right now. We're <laughs> back with a part two to Sirius, the beautiful star in the night sky. It is, isn't it? You know what's funny is it's known as the rainbow star. And there's been several times in my life where I actually thought it was a UFO because of the way it kind of shimmer shammers and like kind mm-hmm. of changes colors. And apparently that happens to a lot of people. It does actually. I think it is one of the stars commonly mistaken for a UFO because of the blinking and the different color changes. Like you're saying, the rainbow effect. You're like, what the fuck is that? Is that coming towards me? You know, I know that I've certainly done this, so I'm sure you have. I remember there's been a few times back in the day when we used to hang out in my parents' backyard and get to see the stars, and you'd stare for so long, you'd think it's moving and realize that it's not fucking moving. It's just that you're staring at it for so long. That you're tricking your brain into thinking it's moving. That you're going crazy. Yeah. Exactly. I know. So that's definitely one of those stars that will play the fucking tricks on you. Trickster. All right, Bree. So for the second episode, we're going to get into the more smaller things when it comes to Sirius. So we're going to be doing kind of like a, a rapid fire chit chat about all things Sirius. I have a really cool channeler to talk about later. Some of the information that I've heard really made me think about things in a different light. So I hope you guys can stay tuned for that later because, like I said, I didn't really think about things in this perspective. So I'm really anxious to hear your point of view and we might possibly think differently about something moving forward. Uh, You know what? I'm always ready to expand and change and open my mind. Ooh, yeah, expand yourself. All right, Brie, why don't we start off somewhere a little bit familiar and why don't you take me to Egypt? There can be miracles when you believe. <laughs> it's the Prince of Egypt. I ain't talking about no fucking prince today. <laughs> it's a song from the Prince of Egypt. What is Prince of Egypt? A movie about the Prince of Egypt. I never fucking seen it before. It's animated. And Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey sang, There can be miracles. Wow. No, I've never seen that shit before. <laughs> Cut all of that out, please. Why? It was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Egypt. This popped up in the last episode when I was talking about ISIS. When we were going into the Dogon tribe, we were discussing that they are apparently the descendants of ancient Egypt. And so quite possibly some of their beliefs and teachings could have crossed over and carried over. And so it's interesting to look at Egypt when you're comparing the things that the Dogon believed in overall, which is that Sirius beings from the Sirius system came to them and showed them the way. And when we start to examine more deeply into Egypt, you see Sirius everywhere. Their entire way of life almost revolves around this star. You know, I would have to disagree with you, Brie. I think that their entire world realistically surrounds the star because wasn't it what their calendar system was based off of? Well, yes. So the helical rising of Sirius coincided with the summer solstice, and it was also the annual flooding of the Nile. This time signified their new year, 
and Sopdet, which is known as Sothis to the Greeks, was the personification of Sirius and was also a goddess of fertility. With the flooding of the Nile, it's hard times, right? Oh shit, here comes the flood, what are we going to do? Get the boat. (laughs) Get the fucking boat. Get the fucking boat, shit. Noah, where are you? (laughs) Noah, you piece of shit. Oh god. Times were hard, the boats never came. (laughs) Times were hard. Times was hard back then. Oh shit. Okay, anyway. So with this flooding of the Nile, shit was hard, right? What are you going to do? There's no boats. Well, maybe there were boats. Were there boats? Yeah, there were boats. (laughs) There were definitely boats. There were definitely boats. (laughs) Dumb shit. You know what? My friend Jamie would say, we can't all be winners. (laughs) (laughs) I say that every fucking day. I know. All right. So even though shit was hitting the fan, she waters the soil. After the water clears, we have new growth that comes from that. That's where the the goddess of fertility part comes in. She was also associated to guide and cleanse the pharaohs into the afterlife. This is also interesting because the embalming process of the deceased took 70 days, and that was the same amount of days that Sirius wasn't visible to the sky. So they made sure no one's being buried if Sirius isn't out in the sky. So we have the summer solstice, The annual flooding of the Nile, which is going to bring in the new growth. This is how they mark their new year. And they make sure that when they're doing these burials, that Sirius is always visible in the sky. And on that same note, many Egyptian temples were actually placed in such a direction that the sunlight from Sirius shone onto the temple's altars and things like that. And so it was very important in their rituals to use the starlight for things. And even the Great Pyramids of Giza were built in alignment with Sirius. Sirius and is therefore the shining star above the pyramids. Which is really interesting because we always think of Orion as being in line with these. And it's not that it's that it isn't, but of course Sirius is right next door and it's always guiding the way. And we also have to take into consideration that the planet moves, things shift and moved around. Well, you know, what's interesting you say about that is because there's a little bit of back and forth when it comes to the color of Sirius. And a lot of the times it's described now as being white and bright, right? But if you look at some of these texts, you know, way thousands and thousands of years ago, a lot of times they're describing it as red, which is an interesting thing because if you know anything about a star's life cycle, especially a white dwarf, what it is before a white dwarf would be a red star, a red supernova. The only way for that star to be a condensed white dwarf like that would be that it would have had to explode it at some point in its life. So like the same thing will happen to our sun. Our sun will blow up. It'll no longer be that yellowy red color and it will blow itself up and it'll become a dense, hot, white dwarf. So it'll shed kind of its outer layers and then condense itself. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. So this is what happened to Sirius at some point. But what's interesting about this is there's a lot of heated debate upon the scientific community because you have people like the Egyptians and stuff referencing it as red or like the shining red star in the sky. A lot of Romans did. I know like in Rome, they actually um, sacrificed dogs, red-coated dogs every year just before Sirius rose during the summertime to signify like we're, we're this is our sacrifice to this red dog star. The fuck? So like we have this prominent redness, although now we think of it as white. So what happens is you have to have this explosion. But if you know anything about astrophysics, when you would have an explosion, we would have seen it. Sirius is not far enough from us where the light couldn't have traveled here. So at what point in time did that star have a catastrophic event? And why is it that we don't see 
that event being documented in ancient people's past. You know what I mean? Because like realistically, we would have seen that. It would have lit up our skies for like 12 hours straight. It would have been really bright. Mm -hmm. They've said the same thing about other stars that are around us. Like when that event happens, like we will see it. Right. We're not going to die or anything, but we will see all of that light, that explosion that happens. So how come we don't have this like weird period of time where obviously the star, something happened to that star and why are, why, why are there not cave paintings about this big bright flash in the sky, you know? It's because the earth is flat. Oh, is that what it is? It didn't really happen. Space dust. Yeah. <laughs> that is really interesting, though, that I did not put those pieces together. That is so interesting. I wonder if it just looked like a really big Mars or like if you ever get to see Arcturus, you can tell that it's like red. I wonder if it's like that, but it was just much closer. How interesting that would have been. Well, not just see that. I, I think it would be cool to see it documented somewhere that like for our ancient ancestors, looking up to the sky was a part of their every single day. It's something that they did constantly. So I'm just, I'm baffled as to why this obviously would have been some sort of event. And I find it interesting that we don't have any information about it. You calling them liars? You know, the thing is, is that not a lot of places connected all these dots. Most of these dots I'm connecting on my own, but it's like an interesting, like I read like a, a lot of stuff and I'm like, wait, why is no one talking about this? Like obviously some sort of an event happened and maybe we're just looking in the wrong places for it. Or maybe it is documented somewhere, but disguised as something else because mm. we revert back to that. They didn't have the proper words to do things. So like now I want to go back and look at like a lot of these documented cases that like maybe the Egyptians were writing about events that were happening and maybe we can piece something together and figure out when the star blew up. Hey, maybe that's your book. Hey. Start writing. Get to work. Get to work. Get to work. We're serious about Sirius, the star that explodes. We're really fucking serious. <sighs> by that one time I was abducted by aliens, New York yeah. Times bestselling authors. Yeah. Ooh, author. She includes me in there. Yeah. I'll just get to like proofread. First of all, you would have to proofread it. That's just like, <laughs> going to let me write anything I want and put it out there? No, ma'am. No, I don't think so. So <laughs> what's really interesting about Egypt, you know, we have many different gods and they're all meant for something, right? And then over time and different periods, they kind of start to morph into one, one by one, almost like they're being grouped. And so Sothis that I mentioned earlier, which is the, the Greek, how the Greek knows this goddess, she was the consort of Saw, who was the personification of Orion. And so together they were known and associated with Osiris and Isis. Over time, Sothis or Sopdet to the Egyptians, she almost becomes completely absorbed into Isis. We just refer to Isis as Soptet. Soptet is Isis now. In the text, The Laminations of Isis and Nephtis, she refers to herself as Isis. This is how they're able to trace this back. Back in these older texts, she says that she is Isis. And Isis is one of the main gods. So Isis, she is the second of all of the five main gods. We have Osiris, Isis, uh, Nephthys, and the older Horus. And she's the sister and the wife of Osiris. So this gets really confusing in some senses because since she is the wife of Osiris, when 
the whole story of when Osiris passes and she starts crying, that's how they also associate the flooding of the Nile, that it's it's her tears for the passing of Osiris. And her tears, her sadness is what's causing this annual flood. Yeah, unfortunately, when, you're, when we're talking Greek gods, it gets a little bit Game of Thrones messy when we're talking about the relationships to all each other because they do this thing that I think is very indicative of all people who are in some sort of position of power where they want to keep like their bloodlines intact. And so only the the best of the best breed and marry with the best of the best. So you have shit like weird gods or brothers and sisters marrying each other or like aunts and nephews marrying each other. It's a very, very weird Game of Thronesy kind of vibe going on. Yeah. And it was hard for me to figure this out because you can type in Isis and it'll be like the personification of Sirius. But if you type in Sothis... It's the personification of Sirius. If you type in Sopdet, it's the personification of Sirius. So then I'm like, wait, what? How are all three of them supposed to represent Sirius? But it is because of all these different gods then meshing into one, everyone being brothers and sisters and wives of each other. They're like one big incestual god family. (laughs) So overall, this main goddess, this mother goddess is Sirius. So everything revolves around her and her presence. In the pictographs of Isis, she's depicted wearing a headdress. The headdress has these two cattle horns on the top, like a, almost like a crown, but they're like two horns coming out. And this isn't necessarily connected, but I did come across this and I was thinking, hmm, there are some people that believe that the Statue of Liberty is a homage to Isis. Because we have the Freemasons that were also obsessed with Sirius. And all three builders of the Statue of Liberty were all Freemasons. And so it is proposed that the Statue of Liberty could be an homage to Isis. I can get down with those those kind of vibes. I like it. She is sexy. Ooh, is she? I mean, I I mean, I like a curvier woman, and the Statue of Liberty is a little curvy, so like I'm into it. You know, it's funny. Back in the day, a lot of people complained about her, and one of those things were that she was a little chunky. I'm like, wow. I guess like she thick wasn't in back then. <laughs> like, what is that? What are those humps? We don't want that shit. It wasn't in then. No, no, no. But she's coming back around now. What if the Statue of Liberty is just a giant like satellite that we are beaming out into space and we're using it to communicate with aliens and we just put it in the most obvious place so that no one would ever think it was that? How interesting would that be? And you know what? That's exactly what these type of people do because they keep these things in plain sight so that we only think of it in one way and we don't question anything else, but then really some other crazier shit is happening you kind of talking like a denver airport vibes oh hardcore but worse where they're just like they're just putting it all out there and they're just like yeah Uh it's right here look look go ahead tell me what it is that's so weird but you know the statue of liberty is also was a present from france right yes but it was originally supposed to be a present to egypt oh interesting so that makes sense that it has a little bit of isis uh maybe inspiration but egypt was too broke they broke hose so we stole it but you know it's it's weird because at the same time the statue of liberty also kind of embodies a pagan goddess and there's a lot of really strange things about the statue of liberty i know this is totally off track but it's like everything that was built into the statue of liberty the engineering of it it all comes down to the number seven everything down to like the pillars and the base and i mean everything about her all comes down to the number seven and you know seven is like this magic number right it's a very like sacred magical number 
maybe we're being played by numbers here, but, and this is, again, this is totally off track, but the Statue of Liberty is really interesting to think about when we take into consideration that all of those three builders were Freemasons, and they're very well known for putting in this sacred geometry and other strange occult-type symbolisms into their work of art, and we just so happen to have this in America that's just like, hey, welcome to America. It could be a little bit sinister. I dig it. Another very offshoot and interesting fact here, not even a fact, the star card in the tarot, it's one of the major Trump signs, one of the major Trump cards in the tarot, people also say could be Isis. You know, obviously every single tarot deck now, people have their own interpretations of the cards. People have made their own artwork and give them different meanings. But the OG version of the star card and also like the writer tarot OG cards, the star, she has in each one of her hands, it looks like a a vase or a, a water jug. And she's pouring the water into this river, but then also into the land. And it looks like a flooding. So people have associated that again with the flooding of the Nile and that the star card could represent Isis and Sirius, which is really interesting. I had no idea. And now when I look back at the card, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see the symbolism in these cards. It's just very strange. And it's number 17. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. This is more like more Freemason type of connections too. So speaking of symbolisms, another interesting factoid that I found out is that the light behind the all-seeing eye on our dollar bill is actually the light from Sirius. So obviously it's like more important to us as a star than we realize. And I think what we should jump into now, Brie, is maybe talking about some of the other civilizations that are out there that have a little bit of this star sprinkled into them. I'm going to start off in Japan, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Japanese ancestors. So early, early Japanese ancestors, we're talking like BC, AD time, thousands, thousands of years ago. They believed that there was something called the Dogu that arrived in flying ships from outer space. And it is what brought them their written language and many aspects of the ancient Japanese civilization. And there's even still statues of the Dogu in Japan, and they resemble astronauts or being in a spacesuit. And I know we brushed up on this last week, but I think it's an important one because it's going to show kind of the span of all the different tentacles that the star has put its its little feelers into. We have, this one's really short, but it's just ancient Mesopotamia lore. We all know Mesopotamia. That's where people came from. They call it either the Dagon or the Dagan. And it is a character in lore that is like a mermaid slash fish god, which is super similar to the Dogon tribe saying that anything that comes from this dog star is a mermaid fish god. So there's another connection we have. My last one that I have up my sleeve right here is the Hungarians all of them in general. A big majority of people who are Hungarians say that their ancestors from a foreign species that came to earth like tens of thousands of years ago, specifically from Sirius, and this is a quote that I want to read to you, and it's, while human DNA has two or three spirals within a given length, the DNA of the Hungarian race has nine, which is identical to the number of rotations of light from the planet Sirius when it reaches earth. The cosmic origin of Hungarian intelligence and the Hungarian soul and the Hungarian mind is results of this fact. And this was a former politician. I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to for sure fuck it up. Laszlo Grispecki. I don't know. (laughs) She's like, I'm not going to say it. I'll fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up anyway. But it's interesting that you have a politician stating like, yeah, our DNA is real special. Like Hungarians, like this is where everything started. Like the people who believe this stuff really genuinely believe that like, 
they were the, like the Hungarians were the people who started everything. They're the ones who started language. They're the ones who started civilization. And it all came from the star Sirius. How interesting. I didn't know that about the Hungarians. I had no idea. No, it's like a real conspiracy theory over there. It's like a, like a very politically split like thing that people talk about a lot in Hungary. It's funny that you say that because I feel like every civilization thinks that they started everything. So it's like, who really started everything? Everyone's like, it was us. It was us. Well, and what's interesting about it, too, is you have these really early civilizations all telling kind of the same story that something Mm -hmm. has come from the direction of the Sirius star. And they're all very specific about it being Sirius. Now, there's a few different folds to this, I feel like. I feel like on one hand, you have it's the brightest star in the sky. And it was even brighter back then, I believe, than it is now. So, of course, they're going to say that that's the star everything is coming from, right? Right. So you have that on one hand that maybe they're just saying like, oh, okay, it's that one. Or you have, it's just a fact that we were visited during a very specific time, obviously, in our early development as a civilization. Mm -hmm. And we were given tools and possibly DNA in order to succeed. It, It could be the reason that we are as a successful planet as we are and as advanced as we are. And I know a lot of people like to make the claims like, oh, aliens have never been here. We would know if aliens were here. Well, what if they were just here literally thousands and thousands of years ago and they were like, all right, seated this planet off to the next. We are not the center of the universe, guys. Right. Exactly. They might have already come here, done what they needed to do and moved on. Earth is literally constantly expanding outwards. So it's infinite. It's never ending. So why would they come back to the same neighborhood twice when you have literally limitless possibilities of travel out there? That's true. I mean, I think that they do, but I think that they have no reason to land down and teach us shit because they've already done that. They're like, what do you want? Another lesson? I mean, I'm just coming up from a a skeptic's perception. Exactly. And so I'm just saying it like that. Like me and you both know that we see UFOs all the time and like whatever. But for the people who say like, oh, aliens, they wouldn't be here. Like we would know if they were here. Well, maybe they already have been. And you just don't realize that that huge technology drop because that huge technology drop was like our fucking DNA. It was language itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. And it's an excellent point. Like, why would they just stick around? There's plenty of other fucking planets to visit too. It's so silly. If you think about it, so like from, from the perspective of like, let's say I was a crazy scientist and I had a spaceship and I could travel the world. And I realize as I'm out there going that there's all these little baby starter planets out there with all these sad little like groups of cells on them. Sad? I would probably make sad it. Sad little cells? Yeah. I would probably make it my life mission to go out there and seed the stuff just to like to play god realistically is what realistically what's happening here so like i think all of us if given that opportunity would love to do that and why would i want to come back like this is probably this was probably like their millionth planet they were like yay next one you know that's very true i think that there is obvious proof that they were definitely here and that they've been known to be our teachers they taught us how to build temples and the pyramids And they're a huge part of the Galactic Federation and we're a huge part of Atlantis and they were a huge part of seeding our DNA, at least, you know, in the Galactic Federation viewpoint of the story of the Galactic Federation. That's exactly what happened there. You know, so they've been such a big player in the Galactic Federation, which I know we've touched on. They're like, you know, like a UN. They're one of the big players here, like the Palladians and the Arcturus. What do we call people that are from Orion? I don't know. Orions? I never thought about that. Yeah. Because I know that Orion was also... It's like those are the... 
the main five groups that came that are also part of the Galactic Federation, even though that is expanded wide now, but those were like the main people. We'll have to look into that with our little series that we're doing. How do we not know this? I feel like we... I don't uh, know. We love Orion. (laughs) I know. It's really messed up. But the idea of like what happened with with Atlantis and with this forming of the Galactic Federation uh, was that the sun, our sun, was known as the father, the father sun. And that Sirius, Sirius A was our mother sun. And that information, like light codes, information and knowledge passes through Sirius A and goes through our sun like a transmitter to send us all of this knowledge. It's funny to think of Sirius A as our mother son because in ancient Egypt, Sirius was the divine mother, Isis. Isis was the divine mother. So we have like another kind of interesting connection there. And this information was like spiritual vibrations, um, like the vibration of consciousness. This was coming through us because we figured out a way to basically to magnify that energy. Of course, with Atlantis, we lost everything, you know, everything that we used to know how to do. But we lost a way how to ha- how to harbor that information. How do you say, like, when you, uh, like, if I had a silver disc and I was shining it on something to get a reflection back, it's like that. I don't know if there's a word for that. I know. It's an action. So yeah. it's hard for me to describe. Yeah. But that is basically what we were able to do with the sun and with Sirius to get that reflection, which is really just the knowledge and all of that back here to us. You know what? What it sounds like to me is that men are trash and can't do anything. And it goes back to that saying that you give a woman a house and she makes a home and you give a woman food and she cooks a meal. So it sounds like what our father son did was dropped his little sad babies off at our pool. And then mom had to come swoop in and be like, I'll raise these hosts. It's interesting to think of it like that, though. So like in Atlantean times, we were able to use this. The sun... Our sun we used as like an antenna to get this knowledge from Sirius, our mother sun. And in Egypt, Akhenaten was supposed to be from Sirius, like the OG starseed. He was trying to rebuild the Atlantean way and knowledge there in Egypt. And so one of those things was to break down all the many gods that they had. How I had mentioned, you know, they had all these different, you know, gods for this, god for that, god for that. We had split the divine. And one of the things he tried to do was bring the divine back together again. So we're not seeing a split in all of these many gods to connect them all together. And that's where Ra comes in. So it's just interesting to think these times with Egypt, going back to Atlantean times and the connection between the Galactic Federation being in tied with Atlantis and us having that knowledge of using the sun like an antenna. Because every year, one of the really big moments, especially in astrology and now anyone that's in this kind of like spiritual community, there is what's known as the Sirius Gateway. And this is the first week of July every year, July 3rd through the 7th. And this is a time on Earth where the sun and the Earth are farthest away from each other. Sirius and his energy is more direct to the Earth. So we have a moment this week where the information and all of that that we used to be able to harbor through the sun We don't have that anymore. So now we have this what's known as the Sirius Gateway where the sun is out of the way and Sirius is more direct towards us and we're able to get that information. 
So people really use the serious gateway as a time to like quickly manifest or meditate a lot, get a lot more downloads, suck in all of that serious energy and knowledge into your body. So it's funny to see how we do this now and that's known now as the serious gateway and how that ties back into the Atlantean times and what they used to do to be able to harbor all of that knowledge. Crazy indeed. Using that serious gateway is not just a thing that us, you know, people that are into astrology are doing, but also like a lot of star seeds. People are really getting into that and being able to harbor that energy because I think we're waking up to our connection to the stars more. You know, speaking of like a star seed, do you remember Adam Apollo when we interviewed him? I do remember this, yes. When he had all of his awakening experience he remembered that he was from Sirius and he remembered a time where he knew he was going to die and reincarnate on earth to harbor more of that serious energy here on earth it's a vibe it's a vibe it's definitely a vibe they were like our teachers and then now we're like reincarnating here on earth we're trying to find ways to bring their information back to us and then we have these channelers who obviously don't need all of that extraness. They just do it on their own. A really awesome channeler that I found was Lisa Royal. And she channels a Syrian named Haman. And she's been channeling him since 2003. And some of the very interesting information that he said, and something I really wanted to discuss with you that I mentioned earlier, is they were talking about how in the 1950s, all of our ET contacts or sightings of spacecraft were all the same kind of look. And we talked about this in our last episode as well, how they were like silver, you know, metallic silver discs. They were very physical. The spacesuits were like spandex jumpers. You know, there was that look. We were talking about how we don't really see that anymore. And is it because they evolved? They must have had an upgrade. They don't have those types of craft anymore. At least we just don't see them as much. Now we see orbs and what's known as like light ships. Listen, listen. They used to shop at Target and now they're repping fucking Yeezy 500s. I get it. No, they used to shop at Walmart. Really? No, Kmart is before Walmart. Dollar Tree? Mm, Okay, Dollar Tree. (laughs) The general store. The general store. But now these motherfuckers are in some Tesla shit. They're like, oh shit, these cars drive themselves, guys. Yeah, exactly. And that this is something I've even talked about with my dad before he's like are you sure that we're not just putting our perspective on them because that's what we would do here we would evolve like we would change our craft but like we're just kind of putting that on them like you know who's to say that they wouldn't still be driving the same the same ship if it still works you know if it ain't broke don't fix it but i think that's one of the biggest questions when it comes to aliens in general because we're constantly putting our own perception and our our earthly human ways around things and i think that that's something that can constantly be debated like the same thing you know we talked about several times the idea of like intelligent life we say as intelligent as us but like realistically how intelligent are we exactly none of you matter we're all small and we're gonna die gonna die (laughs) i want like a sign in my house that just says we all die oh i like that vibes or like we will all die yeah not only that but we are all slowly dying right now yeah like literally every day you wake up you are dying (laughs) i want like a little sign you know some people want live laugh love I want something that just says, die, 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 (laughs) says one thing's for certain, you will die. That's a quote. There's only two certain, there's only two certainties in life, death and taxes. 
No. That's a quote from like a famous like somebody. That is not a fucking quote. Yes, it is. You want to bet me $500? Well, it's on a conscious quote. Death and taxes. Do you want me? Do you want to bet $500 right now? Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to Google while you. No, no, no. I'm just saying like it's not like a conscious quote. It's like death and taxes. But that's no, it is. It's like a very famous quote. It's death and taxes. I would have thought it'd be like change is inevitable. Something like that, you know? No, it's death and taxes, boo boo. (laughs) Oh, wait, whatever. No matter what, we go out suffering and paying for it. That is true. So anyway, with us trying to figure this out, like, why don't we see these things anymore? One of the things that Hammond, the Syrian that she was channeling, Hammond was saying that as our consciousness evolves, we no longer need that kind of imagery to understand what's going on. You just blew my mind a little bit. And this makes perfect sense to me. In the 1950s, we don't have the same concepts that we do now. We think about space travel even so much more differently now. We're always redefining what we think is possible when it comes to, like, physics, quantum physics, all of that. We think in such a different headspace now. Back in the 1950s, do you think that they could have just seen light orbs and shit and know what's going on? The idea here is that we needed that imagery for us to know that these are space travelers. These are different than us, but it's still in a very materialistic way so that we can understand. And we've kind of been tiptoeing since then. As our consciousness evolves, what we see will also change. Okay, you're getting into some weird Jamie shit, and I'm vibing with it super hard. I'm like over here dancing. I'm like about it. Okay, so the mind is a crazy place. We've talked about this before. What's even crazier than our own brain is our goddamn fucking eyeballs. You want to know what's really weird about our eyeballs? We actually don't physically see the things in front of us the way that our brain is telling us we're actually seeing it in front of us. Our eyes are actually making up a lot of the information and just giving us an object to stare at. So what we're actually looking at isn't even really what we're actually looking at. It makes sense to me when you're talking about this perceived imagery because it's almost the same as these languages and telepathicness that are being used to talk to a lot of people. And you can kind of think about it in that same way. And instead of putting the language into your head to speak to you, you are putting the image inside your brain so that you can understand. And that totally makes sense to me. And I think that if there was a species that was out there that was able to master time travel, something as easy as basically glorified projections of images is going to be something they're incredible. Like that's like child's play. That's like shit they teach their kids in kindergarten kind of shit. You know what I mean? And I think it's also the idea that if something is totally out of this world that we're looking at, it would take us a moment to even know what the fuck we're looking at. Because like you said, a lot of this is just information to our head and we are attaching it to something as reference. But if we have no context as to what we're looking at, we would literally either not see it or just see like a blob. Because our brains wouldn't be able to understand or perceive, like, what is actually there. No, because our brains are constantly trying to create patterns. That's why, you know, when people talk about the phenomenon of, like, coincidences and things like that, a lot of it is attributed to is your brain is literally just making patterns where there are no patterns because it's the Mm -hmm. only thing that makes sense to them. It's the same. Do you remember we talked about before that experiment where they were put in, like, the quietest room in the entire world and then their brain started making up sounds? Right. Very similar to that. Our brains do not like to be quiet. They do not like information that we cannot understand. 
I mean, just think about all the people out there who have been maybe through some sort of trauma, right? And their brain hides that information back in there and never lets it out. Mm -hmm. Our brain can do crazy, amazing things. And just like it can make you forget things, it can make you see things and it can do all sorts of stuff. So I'm already vibing hard with this. I like it. Aliens have been changing the way they look and what they drive based upon our level of intelligence. Isn't that so strange? No, it makes complete and utter sense to me because it's the same thing when we talk about, okay, these people who, when they didn't have the language to learn how to like to to say what they were seeing, it's that same thing. They didn't have the pictures. So they gave them like, okay, this is what it's going to look mm-hmm. like because this is what's going to make the most sense to you. Exactly. So now I'm just like, well, shit. Maybe it's not that they're just older crafts and they've evolved. Maybe it's that our consciousness has just evolved and now we can see things closer and closer to what they truly are. And Hammond was saying that over time, things will continue to change for us. We'll continue to see and understand things as our consciousness keeps growing, especially in this time right now where things are like really accelerated and we're like, you know, really getting deep into shit. Well, you know, it's interesting because if I look back at my own experiences in kind of a chronological order... I remember the first time of me having conscious UFO, like visually seeing them was definitely more of that like typical gray flying saucer metal round shiny thing. But then me and you both know as time has gone on, me and you have seen some crazy fucking UFO orbs, like literally like they are living, breathing entities. Yeah. And so I'm wondering with me, like, I don't know if you think about the same thing where you, you started off maybe one way and now we're completely, we're seeing kind of a different kind of thing. And I wonder if that kind of parallels that story of maybe the beginnings of us getting used to it and now us seeing a weird orb and we're like, yeah, that's totally normal. Like it doesn't even freak us out anymore. Like not in a bad way. Like we get excited because we want to stare at it, but like, it's not like, what the fuck is that? Like we know immediately what it is. And is that the final form or do we have more to go? Like, what's what's the next thing? I think that there's more to go. Ooh, okay, okay. Which is like, I can't even fathom what it would look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. is beyond a light orb? I don't know, man. What is beyond plasma? I don't know. Let's find out. It really tripped me out. I had to listen to it a few times to, like, really soak it in because my brain just fractals into all different ways. Are they making us see it? Or is it our consciousness literally created that image itself? Like, is it them or is it us? I don't think that that's something we're going to find out anytime soon, but let's spend the rest of our life trying to figure that out. I think I'm on a totally different viewpoint when it comes to craft now. I feel you. Because this is something we've always said is like, oh, it's because like, obviously they upgraded. Why would they be in the same fucking metallic ships? We talk about that all the time. Yeah. But now I hear this and I'm like, oh my God, my brain was like, ding dong. Hello. I guess you're home now. No, immediately, immediately before you even started, like uh, when you started saying it, I was like, you, you saw me. I was like, vibe, vibe, vibe. I know exactly where you're going with this. I yeah. love it. It just like trips me out. It's funny because I keep thinking about it too. I keep thinking about it because like you said, I had this conversation with my dad just a couple weeks ago when we were talking about craft and I said the same thing. And then he came at me like, well, you're just putting like your human spin on it, you know, but now I'm going to be like, hey, it's just us or it's them. I don't know. What is real? What is real? It's both. I think it's a combination of both for sure. What is real? But it makes sense to me. Listen, you you create your own fucking reality, boo-boo. Just remember that you are you are all powerful. You were so powerful. So pretty. I just loved that. I felt like that was really paradigm shifting for me. And um, so I just want to soak up more of this person's knowledge. 
Another thing he talked about was, you know, the whales and the dolphins that I actually mentioned in our last episode that, you know, that's like a way for starseeds to try to connect more with the Syrian energy. And he was saying how dolphins are like fourth density beings and whales are the transitioning of fifth density. And they're both Syrian energy. What they're doing is harboring that energy and that vibration here on Earth for us. It's almost like a balancing. It's like a way to ground that type of energy here to us. That makes fucking sense too. Because I know we've spoken in past episodes about how we all can't exist together on like different frequencies. And like we wouldn't know how to exist in a higher frequency. So if you just keep dropping things that are of a higher frequency to us, we're gradually getting closer to that as long as we're open to receiving and then he also talked about the cycles that we're going through and how right now we're going into more of an integration cycle more knowledge um, and then getting past polarity there's light and there's dark and obviously when one of those things become imbalanced it sinks too much into one side so if it's too much light you're sinking way too much you're not imbalanced so it's like the mastering of balancing these scales and I'm just thinking about like well we can see that in the world around us Shit has been like really corrupt and then now everything's being like spewed in the air and we're having to like deal with how things have really swung way too far on both sides of the scale i just felt like everything all the information that he was giving was so just mind-blowing you were like oh my god what it like just information download hard even like everything i just said a second ago was like okay these are things that we've talked about before we know we understand but i think sometimes it's good to like continue to hear it and to hear it in different ways It just like sinks more into your body, like you integrate it more. But now I'm just really stuck on wanting to figure out so bad if there really was ever anything as a flying saucer. That just changes our world. You know what? I think that that's a a good question to leave this episode on. Was there ever really a flying saucer? Brie, I just want to let you know that you are my serious. You are the brightest star in my sky, and you are my home. Aww. But Mountain View, California can go fuck itself. <laughs> Damn. See, she knows how to be both light and dark. Always. Always. And the scales, baby. The balance. Ooh, I was like, what is a balance? <laughs> that took my brain a second. Oh, the balance. Oh, the balance. Yeah. All right, guys, next week we are going to be jumping into drum roll, please, Brie. The Zetas. Zetas Lapidus. The tall Zetas, the short Zetas, the yellow Zetas, the white Zetas, the brown Zetas. If it's a Zeta and it's from Zeta Particuli, we talking about it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget that you can give us a call on our hotline. What's our number? Our phone number is 408-320-8481. One more time, you guys. Our number is 408-320-8481. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the podcast and we'll, uh, I don't know, talk about it, have a conversation with you, maybe make fun of you. I don't know. It depends. It definitely depends. I'm always open to making fun of people in a loving way. From Mountain View, California. (laughs) Specifically from Mountain View, California. And also, please hit us up on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Send us emails at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. If you have a story, we want to talk about it, you want to come on the podcast, 
let us know if you have any serious ties or any Zeta Reticuli stories. And shout out to all of our wonderful Patreons who are still sticking with us and uh, throwing money at us. We love you guys so much and we hope you enjoy the little blooper content Bree's been uploading lately to our Patreon. I have. I'm like, you know what? There's no way that I, there's no reason that I should be holding on to these things myself. Jamie and I always talk about how we think we're so funny. We're sure other people must think we're not and we're stupid or whatever, but I listen to us all the time and especially these little clips that I always take out because I'm like, we're a little too extra sometimes. But I'm like, well, we think we're so funny. We'll just share it, especially with our Patreons because we love you guys so much and you make this possible. And also, if you want to be a Patreon, please feel free to check us out on patreon.com. Backslash that one time I was abducted by aliens. Not too hard to find, is it? Never. Also, hey guys, we have some new stickers that just dropped. They're dope. I am sending them to our Patreons here very shortly. I literally have them all right here in an envelope. CCC, I just need to get stamps for them. But if you guys want your very own stickers, there is two ways you can get them. The first one is, is you can join our Patreon at any level and we will send them to you. Or if you just want to buy a sticker pack from us, we will for $5 send you the three pack of our newest stickers. All you got to do is send it to our PayPal. They're so cool. Everyone I showed was like, I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one. I can't wait for you to send them to me i'm like yes i'm gonna put them all over my hydro flask they're just they're so dope they're the coolest stickers that we have and i think that they're the coolest stickers that anyone could have hey yo all right guys we love you so much and we will fucking see you next week for we some more will. alien bullshit we fucking will gang 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 gang, gang, gang. gang, gang.